intro you just heard is from Ryan L-I-L-L music at yahoo.com and he will write you a song for literally 50 bucks. I mean, why would you not trust a queer person to like do something sweet for you? He'll write about divorce. He'll write about love. He'll write about change in your life. He'll write you a theme song. He'll write you a promo song. He is also on TikTok at Ryan Lil Washington with two L's. L-I-L-L Washington. Check him out. Thank you. Hey, how's it? This week's episode, well, I mean, I already posted an episode with Hampton Groups, but I am posting another episode. This is Estelle Piper, toasters of toasters and moose from Chicks in the Shadow. We've had Vince, we've had Tom, and now we've had Estelle on a podcast. And this week, they actually were in Austin and Terry Crews was there and they tasted the biscuit and they were a sold out show. So we absolutely have to post it. So yeah, this is Estelle. Estelle, I absolutely adore you. I can't wait to hug you in person two weeks from now. Because I am driving my trans friend from Jacksonville, North Carolina, all the way to fucking Bremerton, Washington. Sorry for for the language. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I love it. Bye. And also, um, mind your business. When my Zoom gave out, we had an issue. Baby. Love you. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. I am so excited to come to you today. You've heard Vincent, you've heard Tom, and now we have Estelle of the aforementioned fake band, Toasters and Moose from the movie Vincent Gargiulo wrote and produced, and it's now viral and it never left, called Chickens in the Shadows. You're sure, I'm sure you're sick of hearing about Taste the Biscuit, but today we've got Toasters on, which is my lovely friend who I've met through TikTok, and I just adore Estelle. Estelle, how are you hey, doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really happy to be here too. Me too. Me too. We were, before we press record, we were talking about how, just how amazing this has been and how the biscuit got popular uh, on your birthday last year, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, it's almost like fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was like, life, what do you want me to do with this, man? <laughs> you know, just give me, if you know me, give me a couple neon signs you know <laughs> yeah well for anyone that doesn't know you well actually for anyone that's coming here for you uh hi my name is Bianca Woolwick this is my podcast about imposter syndrome I've been doing this since March of 2020 uh I interview people all around the world to see if they feel like they fit in or feel other than and how they experience imposter syndrome uh imposter syndrome is of course the feeling of feeling other than other than uh you know being um feeling like you don't deserve your accomplishments, like being the stupidest person in the room, even though you're the smartest person in the room. It's just kind of shrouded in self-esteem, self-doubt. We'll get into that. But today having Estelle on is so awesome. Um, if you're listening to this in your uh, in your earbuds, this is, of course, an audio podcast. Um, listen to it wherever. But if you want to see visually we are on YouTube, please click that link in the description of the podcast. Other notes before we get into it is like, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, we would love that. And of course, uh, buy my merch. Please don't kick me out.com slash shop. Live your, live your 90s fantasy. Thank you to Lara Russo, my key brander and graphic designer. Yay, graphicdesign.com. You can get all of that info in the description. Okay, that's everything. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, so um, Estelle, how about you tell my listeners about yourself? 
Okay. Well, um, I started writing plays when I was little and um, putting them on in the backyard, the garage, what have you, at school sometimes. Um, my mother was an actress. She played Medea. It's not really that comfortable being the child of Medea. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad was a singer. And um, I kind of just did it as a kid. I loved it. And I loved writing some too. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of went through, and this is interesting. I think maybe, you know, in context of what we're talking about here, I'd go in and out of theater, you know, off and on during my youth. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we moved constantly. My dad was a, an accountant, but he was working his way up through Price Waterhouse. And so I was always the new kid and I felt like everybody else had known each other wherever. And I was like, oh, I'm moving again. And so... <laughs> I remember I was hot on theater. We didn't really have, you know, after school acting or like that, like uh, some of the schools that I that I teach at now. But I loved it and I was doing it. And then I hit probably, you know, like puberty. I you know began to hit that. And at 12, I moved to a new school and they did like, you know, abbreviated Shakespeare and stuff. And I just I couldn't do it. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just. Uh, and then in high school, you know, I got back into it and, and I've had periods where I, I do it for a while. Sometimes it's, I, I mean, I've recognized that things come in waves for me. Mm -hmm. So I'll teach for a while. I'll, I'll act for a while. I'll direct for a while. I'll paint for a while, whatever. Um, but this, I think had more to do with, I, I don't know if I can compete. I don't know. I'm just, I don't, I can't engage, you know, right. Yeah. And so, um, and I worked many years uh, during the day to mm -hmm. um, finance my theater habit. I was, I co-founded uh, several different groups in the Bay Area, theater groups. And uh, I would work high tech during the day. Mm -hmm. And I got up to being like a, a an executive assistant. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I, I, I knew how to act, but so many things in my life I felt like I, there was a part of me that dreaded being uh, exposed, mm -hmm. exposed mm -hmm. as a loser, exposed as not belonging. Yeah. Maybe like, get out. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> get <Yeah>. me out. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's why it's called that. <laughs> yeah. I always felt like I, I get this image of like being in the stone age and, and being one of the elders with no teeth and then they leave you behind, you know? <laughs> oh no. I know. I know. Uh you know, or banished, you know, that kind yeah. of so, yeah. so that was often in the background. And I think it caused me unconsciously to sabotage myself many mm -hmm. times. I had, I had some great opportunities, some of which I took advantage of and had a great time with and others, they just fell apart in my hands. And I look back now and I go, yeah, you, you know, I didn't think I deserved it. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, fumble a, a great interview or, you know, do something yeah. else mischievous. You know, it's so interesting because at the time of releasing this, Tom's will have been previously, since we I recorded Tom's before yours, Vincent, right. then Tom, then you, um, all within about a month and a half, uh, yeah. which yeah. is great. It's awesome. But Tom actually told the story where he was deeply sharing a very vulnerable part of mental health, which I want to say trigger warning for anyone who has a hard time hearing about mental health stuff. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who podcasts. Don't sue me. Anyway, uh, he had told a, t a story about how he had been asked to go to LA and write songs and music for, um, 
gosh, it just, it's popping out of my head, but the guy who did Twin Peaks. I know, I know. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember too. Um, and, uh, and he just wasn't at a point in his life where he could have. And then he says, he looks back on it now and it's regrettable, but it's not because it's like, it wasn't the right time. Um, so when I heard you speaking about that, I thought of myself a lot. Uh, I heard you speaking about like, just, you know, your, your life and acting and also like financing the habit and, and all those things that made me think yeah. of also Vincent, Vincent's interview oh, where yeah. Vincent works oh, at an office, yeah. right. And he's yeah. like, what's my next step? Um, I don't know. So what I think is so beautiful about you coming on the podcast today is you're sharing that you have done the corporate thing. You've done the creative thing. You've always found a way to keep creative creativity part of what you do. Sure. Cause I see those are paintings that you've done behind you. I know that. Yeah. Except for the mermaid. My, one of my friends sent me that. That's so cool. And um, I don't know, you just kind of, I've always identified ever since the biscuits come into my life, I've always identified with you and Tom and Vince and what you do, because myself as a, a creator as well, my background's in marketing. I just do this podcast right now. I live on Oahu. I'm a military spouse. I always feel like someone's going to come and like Scooby-Doo rip the mask up and be like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when I was in high school, I mean, I, I was always very creative. I wanted to be, I was the newspaper editor. I, I wanted to be a graphic designer. I wanted to do, I was radio DJ all through college. I've always been very, very creative. Um, and that's why marketing just kind of fell into it when things, things were hard. I'd shy away from them kind of, Oh, I, I can't do it or whatever. Um, and so for me, when I was in high school, I really wanted to be in the jazz choir, like really badly. And I tried out and I didn't get it. And I did the voice lessons and I, everything I tried out for, I was always overshadowed by someone. And I mean, none of those people went to Broadway. I do have a friend that is on Broadway that I went to college with. Or she just previously was on 1776 Revival. Her name is Mehri. She's incredible. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of her, but I went to, you know, an art, more of an artsy kind of college, liberal arts college, where I was more like, around more like, like-minded people. But the point being in high school was I try out for things and I would just never get them. And it makes you feel so shitty because you're in high school, your hormones are going crazy. You feel like you feel like you think you're cool, but the director doesn't think so. Time. That's a yeah, very- it's awkward. And it doesn't matter how successful you are, even the ones who are Suzy successful or whatever. Yeah. And they're looking over their shoulders too. They were, yeah. you know, we, we, we're all kind of, I, I don't know if I told you this, you know, when Tom and I met, I mean, yeah. like, uh, I'd answered, uh, I think Tom came in through Craigslist yeah. and, and Vincent had put also a listing on a casting site at the time. And it was a long character thing. And it was a long explanation of the movie. And this was going to be my first and Tom's first indie movie. Mm-hmm. And so I read through it. it it's just complex. And I went, hmm, well, all right, you know, sing. But I'm still kind of going, hmm, because frequently I'll get involved in something that involves singing. And then you know, I think, yeah, this would be great. It'd be a challenge. And we, yeah. we, some other part of me is going, fuck, what have you done? What are we doing? We can't do this. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, you know, I got cast. Oh, oh, I know what it was. The last line of the character description goes, her voice actually isn't really that bad. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I pull that off, I think. And so I get cast. I ask Vincent, um, who he cast as Moose. He goes, oh, this guy, Tom Shaw, he's in San Francisco. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is to Google, go to the Google machine. <laughs> I went to Google because there was that at least. And although the internet was quite different. Yeah, know, I remember. Viral contingent was quite mm-hmm. different. So at any rate, I go there. Tom Shaw's a pianist. Mm-hmm. Jazz singer. 
he has his own trio and i'm like Fuck. <laughs> i can't sing in front of him he's googling me yeah but you said the same thing <laughs> yeah, she's, a, she's a shakespearean actress uh, she's a director <laughs> you know and I, we get there and we're kind of like mm -hmm. and and then finally we confessed it and it was like Dude, you're fine. You're That's fine. so funny. But yeah. the chemistry, the chemistry that it made oh. was like, because it was, it's, it, you can feel it. And and for anyone that hasn't seen Chickens in the Shadow, uh, I'll be linking it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to click the links to Tom's interview, J uh, Vincent's interview, and and some other stuff uh, around the interwebs. Uh, but uh, it is a very very good indie indie cult like film that just hasn't left. We're tasting the biscuit. If you're wondering and you're hearing this taste the biscuit for the first time, you're like, what the heck? Um, I'm sorry, but well, I'm not sorry. It's it is the jam. Um, what Tom found a tweet that said like it should have been a Grammy winner. <laughs> and um, yeah. Rolling Stone said, you know, maybe maybe this is exactly what we need after pain. Yeah, yeah. That makes us happy and kind of pull together. Truth, truth. So uh, we're on TikTok, if anyone's wondering. Um, I'm on TikTok, Estelle's on TikTok. This brought Estelle to TikTok. So let's just give the backstory. So Chicks in the Shadow, it was a movie that was produced in 2010, released, and then went viral by a number of little tiny ways. Viral on the internet back then, like BuzzFeed wasn't big yet. There was a thing called World Star Hip Hop that like went thing. And then all of a sudden flew really close to the sun. George Lopez sang it with Billy Ray Cyrus on his show. Wild, yeah. random, makes no sense. Um, and then it just kept going. Like, you know, people were really into it on YouTube and really into yeah. it. And it kind of kept making its rounds, making its rounds, making its rounds. All while not paying Vincent for the rights, of course, but it kept going. Right. Then I, mean, I think he got yeah. a little bit from George Lopez. Yeah. And proceeded to, to mercilessly, relentlessly make a joke about it really sarcastic jokes about it you know we paid the guy but what's really weird is we kind of go oh my god is our karma inextricably interweaved interwoven with with george, george lopez <laughs> because okay so he did that and he had everybody sing it you know it was like okay i paid the guy two or four hundred bucks let's just sing the shit out of it and so he did and so uh but then he was canceled soon after that and we thought, oh my God, were we oh, no. part of that? <laughs> they were like, no biscuits. <laughs> the day, you know, I think it was early this year. I know it was end of last year. The day that we were interviewed by Access Daily, Mario Lopez. Yeah. So was George Lopez because what? he's he his daughter, I think, is kind of saving his ass, but that's my opinion. But he, his daughter has a new comedy show and he plays the dad in that. And I was like, because they showed that right after ours, and I went, <laughs> "You gotta be kidding me!" Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because we know the lore, right? Like the lore, but 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 the only the true biscuit, biscuit heads, biscuit clan, uh, biscuit cult. Yeah. I like calling it biscuit cult because I feel like cult is a very bad word. Biscuit but but biscuit family, biscuit biscuit yeah. gang. Uh, I don't like that either. Biscuit heads. I, that's like parrot heads. I like that. Um, but anyway, biscuit biscuit people. The biscuits. Yeah. I like the biscuits. The biscuits. I like the biscuits, and people uh, seem to be okay. Yeah, with the fam. So yeah, and so the biscuits. Um, we've done digging. So like once the thing kind of popped in our timelines, 
us being mostly, if we have to typecast, we're mostly elder millennial, Gen X, or uh, boomer, boomer facing, um, as as the age would be. Um, for the those that identify very deeply, we're all neurodivergent. We had weird childhoods, weird parents, a lot of trauma. Most of us uh, are queer, and um, a lot of us don't make very much money. That's us. That's biscuits. Taste it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, I somebody mentioned something. There were enough references to Lady Gaga. And I, really, I want to get in touch with her and go, can I play your mother? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there are a few artists out there who really, whatever, for whatever reason, their vibe is like, you know, all of y'all who are loners and outcasts and weirdos mm -hmm. and nerds and artists and this and that. I'm here for you, you know? Yeah. I, it, that that really moves me more than yeah. anything else because honestly when I teach acting after school I mean there's the kids that are really into it and that's great and they're on fire for it and there's a whole lot of other kids and a lot of them they've just been signed up by their parents and they don't want to be there <laughs> but the loners and the outcasts I mean I, I've had classes that were just that and they came in knowing nobody and they left a year or two later they're all tight buddies they have friends now yeah. I was like, God, I love that. I love that too. And I see that in some of the posts on TikTok where someone says, maybe the whole point was the friends we made along the way. Absolutely. And I think that as well, for many of, uh, at least for me as a marketing background, a content creator and someone who went through a very, very tough mental breakdown in 2021, I didn't, yeah, I mean, a lot of us did. Hey, you know, well, raise your hand. Mine was back in my thirties. It was, it was a good one. I was, uh, how was old? I'm going to be 34 this year. I was 32 to 33 was like the big. big yeah. You got like, to that crucifixion age, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I? Who am I? Yeah. Also, you know, you compound like military stuff on top of it. And then like crisis identity and living on an Island and all of this stuff, like rolled into a beautiful package. It equaled me like not getting out of bed for months at a time. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I share that with, with my listeners as vulnerability to say that like, it does get better. I, I know it sounds cliche. It took a lot, but I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. Um, I tasted the biscuit. No, but really, I I I would scroll on TikTok and I would just scroll, doom scroll, and and one day this Chrome lady just kept popping up like every fourth or fifth video. I was like, what yep. is this? And then all of a sudden I see George Lopez do it. And at this point, I've seen like 50 of these videos. And I'm like, why is there so many biscuits yeah. in my timeline? Yes. Right. And I, of course, like as someone who has used TikTok for three, you know, going on four years. For me, it was just like, whatever I, as a, as a marketer, as a content creator, I think about things in my head. I know virality. I know how things work, but I was just like, what is this? And I realized as soon as it inundated my timeline that no one else was on it, just us, the biscuits. Right. So yeah, I posted your algorithm. Once you're into the yeah. algorithm. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And what happened from there was I never considered myself to have a niche. Like I started my TikTok for my dog and then that turned into more of like me. And then uh, I really am into the goofy movies. So I turned it into like Powerline World Tour TikTok where I get tagged and everything. A goofy movie, which is by definition how I get followers. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I just, oh, I said by, by definition how I get followers because oh, I have, oh, I own okay. the handle. I'm like, yeah. 
but I'm joking. I don't really know. Um, I have interviewed the voice of Max Goofy and um, he's great. He's lovely, um, which is cool. Like this podcast has opened so many doors, but so has TikTok for me, right? Because I feel like I started, we started to become like a, a family, like where basically we're, we're posting these videos and then we're sending it to all the same people in it. And we keep doing it. We're reposting everything. We're going live with each other. We're, uh, for Christmas, I made ornaments, um, and, uh, yes. I sent them out yes. free of charge to people. I was like, if you want to pay shipping and they were more than happy to, I've seen biscuits help each other out of financial situations. I've seen biscuits, make sure if you're unhoused that you have a place to sleep. I've seen biscuits come together in so many beautiful ways. I don't see that anywhere else on TikTok. And so I agree with Rolling Stone. I agree with you. And I agree with a lot of my friends on TikTok now that I've made that I'm forever indebted to that had it not been for this thing, so many of us were very close to very, very, very dark and scary, I, scary I, points. I could see it and feel it. And I still do, you know, in some subsequent posts that people make that, you know, th I mean, these things have cycles and, and people are still struggling. And I, I think I was very much in just immersed in imposter syndrome without mm -hmm. knowing it and in great denial. And by around 32, 33, I, um, I was having a nervous breakdown. In fact, I went to a therapist a little later and mm -hmm. I got up the courage at some point to go, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I might have a nerve. And he goes, honey, it's already happened. And I uh, pretty much left my body. Yeah. But I mean, I, I was so depressed. It was one night, it was an opening of some one acts and I was producing them. I started cutting my hair and I had long yeah. hair and I cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. And I said, at some point I went stop because I was just going to cut it all. And it was not a nice cut, you know. Kind of oh no. Oh no. no. It was no, manic, no, it was a little bit manic, a little bit. Yeah. I just out uh, of, no, out of sorts. Like, or... Yeah. More like self-mutilation mm -hmm. uh, of a different kind. And we didn't have like the cutting. And right, 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 right. But I, ha I, I'll be honest. I heard voices saying, let's rub her out. And I had a hard time not driving full tilt boogie into walls. Pole yeah. And I was in my car. And 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 I, you know, uh, I stopped drinking, thinking maybe that would help. Um, it sort of did. But um, again, I couldn't get out of bed for a month either. I went back and stayed at my dad's. Yeah. He's like going, honey, you just have to, you know, get up and do something. Yeah. Me, get up, drag a comb through my hair, put on some clothes. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. So yeah. I, yeah, I really, yeah. Did. And it took a long time and a lot of help. It do, it does, and, and and probably at the time too, there wasn't as many resources as there, as there are now. And I, I I feel in a lot of ways like my mom and my dad, for instance, like and my and my in laws, like they're at an age where they don't they call it counseling, they don't call it therapy, they don't call it therapist. It's still like there's dirty negative connotations towards like queer and that kind of stuff for them, and yeah. and and that's fine. I mean, I'm used to my parents having you know, at least my parents, my personal actual parents having the, the the thoughts that they have, I'm like, whatever, I can't change you. I can only change yeah, me. That's what they grew up with. So a lot of us in the Gen X and millennial and even younger than are going through a lot of like self-actualization, self-realization, mental health work, mm -hmm. you know, and I say that people that 
it absolutely is a privilege that I have access to mental health care. And, I, and I'm very much aware of that. But if I'm not sharing a resource for everyone, then I'm not doing my job. There are free ways to get the help that you need. Um, for one, if you live near a college or a university, um, usually they do uh, very low cost to you if there's a grad school program uh, for psychology. There's psychology services, and sometimes they practice out to people that aren't within the college community. That's one resource. Um, there's also, um, you know, group therapy that you can go to churches sometimes host it. Um, there's all sorts of meetings you can attend. There's self-help books. There's just so many resources, the, the good old Google machine, the internet. Um, yeah. and it's a fair amount of that. Yeah, there's also, just a I lot of resources. My generation, um, you know, as I was coming, like, you know, my early thirties, mm -hmm. uh, I had a stigma about it. I saw mm -hmm. it going for help as a sign of weakness. And I, I had to be pretty desperate to go do it. And thank God, I, you know, I mean, life kind of put somebody in my path who not only ended up being a great therapist or counselor for me, but also an art. He was an artist, so he was an artistic mentor and um, kind of a second dad, you know, so yeah. just before oh. pandemic, I was like, and I'd seen it coming. I was preparing for it. And yet, you know, living through it's like, yeah but now you know as i gain distance from that i realize what what a gift from life that was yeah and and i think it sounds like you probably feel similarly that you kind of i'm not fond of the phrase pay it forward i guess because mm -hmm. it's not warm enough to me but but there is a sense of that where you go okay the legacy is i do what you know life puts in my path to help other people yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting, like right before I had that experience um, that happened to me, which, you know, at the same time of, of, of it happening to me, I had so many other factors going on in my life. Um, and then I, you know, got back into therapy, wasn't the right fit as a therapist um, out here. I finally found Affirming Care out here, uh, a therapist that uh, deals with gender, sexuality, um, military, and other things that I'm dealing with. And so I, I, another piece of advice I just always like to share with people is if it doesn't fit, it's okay. Um, therapy is a journey oh, yeah. and it's supposed to be a mutual symbiotic relationship between you and your therapist. If it doesn't click, <laughs> don't don't go to them. And that's yeah. what they do. Free counseling, free, um, free, like fit sessions to figure I, out. I was looking for what could be called counseling or therapy. It was therapy was like a, considered a, a little mm -hmm. higher level than counseling at the time. So I went to some different people and nothing quite felt right. And I remember sitting across from, it was County. I went to County hospital and yeah. counseling, you know, therapy services they had. So, uh, I sat across the desk from this guy who was probably close to my age and he was seen more depressed than I was. And I thought, oh my God, I don't <laughs> think this guy can help me. So when I did come across, you know, the fellow that I, I ended up working with, um, it took me a while to kind of, I, 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 I got better. I was going through some other kinds of group therapy. And then I kept hearing things that he had told me in these few sessions. And I went, I got to go back and see that guy. Because yeah. that guy has got the clearest vision. Yeah. And gets me. Yeah. Better than anybody else I've met. So. Yeah. 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 To touch on what you talked about uh, being in your 30s, right? Like, I remember being in my 20s and people be like, oh, when you hit your 30s, like, it's going to be so great. Like, oh, my gosh, your 30s are great. Well, 
got to my 30s, a pandemic happened. And then uh, a lot of other things happened in my life that were just so different and hard. But I, I know that like as a non-binary person, my pronouns being she and they, and that's something I realized through the pandemic, through TikTok, and then also just through life and podcasting and, and my own exploration of myself and my identity. Um, for me, uh, it was just an interesting kind of like, I took the pandemic as a lot of self-exploration um, and this podcast is being an inclusive podcast and a safe space for voices of all backgrounds. I've interviewed people all over the world from all different racial, socioeconomic and uh, LGBTQI plus plus trans stories, gender aff affirmation stories, etc. I've shared everyone's story I can and I've also done the work for diversity, equity and inclusion on top of that. If I'm going to say that I'm a safe space as a podcast, as someone with white skin and privilege, inherent privilege that I did not earn, nor do I deserve, then mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I am giving the best resource possible to everyone and doing the education so that my Black friends, my AAPI friends, my, my BIPOC friends, my queer friends don't have to, to do as much work. Now, whether or not people take that and they go with it, that's, that's up to them. Now, living yeah. on an island... I, and as an empath on an island, I feel so much of, you can feel so much of the pain and anguish from colonization, as well as the way they treat the native peoples. So it's been, a, and as an empath, like, I think that kind of compiled on top of like everything else I was going through. Um, and also, you know, it's really hard when you move. I, I don't think, I, I think I might've had a mental breakdown maybe in San Diego where we were, but I truly believe a lot of it had to do with just going from an island, but not only an island, an island in a pandemic, because like if you've been to Hawaii or you've been to Oahu, which is where I live, you you know that there's this feeling of a aloha spirit and it's it's beautiful. It's what makes people want to live here. Um, right. Don't um, it just please don't fatigue the islands. That's what we say. Come with aloha, leave with aloha. Aloha. Thank you very mahalo nui for your support. Yeah, and there are people who actually would like the tourists to go home. And I understand. Yeah. Yeah. which which is hard because it's like it's like I'm here because of my spouse's career right I'm right. going to leave when it's done but there's a lot of people who don't believe that and so I don't know so so as I'm so as I'm kind of like coming through with all these things and it's swirling um I didn't have any friends out here that like so when moving to an island it's like I'm watching all of my friends go back to life in the real world and right. they have like the parties and the things and the birthdays and I'm not there because it's a it's such a commitment to get in an airplane and travel those five hours to get back to the mainland and then go and and then and then when you do travel which I've done you do travel people don't appreciate it they don't realize how much oh, yeah. of a trek that was yeah it's like going to Europe oh yeah exactly they're like like no big deal. Or you, and then you tell oh, them like, nice. where you, yeah. you know, yeah. So I might make some time for you. Right. And so those were hard pills to swallow and hard for me to, um, get over, I guess. And so for me, it, 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 like once we moved, so we, we had our landlord and we moved so we've been here two years in July. We moved into base housing, which we've never done, but we had a landlord that gouged our price. And we were like, this is ins insanity, literally, um, that you would want to charge us more when there's no hot water in the sinks. Like, what are you doing? Um, so we I were like, I guess. yeah, they, and they can, they can, because they can do whatever they want. There's scum lord landlords out here. Like they're everywhere, but of course out here, yeah, it's disgusting <laughs> because it basically, if you're doing this to us as military people, knowing full well, we can pay it then what are you doing to people who truly cannot afford to live here on their own island that you own a house on, on right. native land? Right. Riddle me that. 
Like, so we moved into base housing in July. And also, huh? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You can ask. No, it's all right. I I, I was going to see if we had any questions from some of the. the Oh, yeah. I'll get to that in in one second. So we moved here. Things got better. And then I found the biscuits. So we're good. Um, Let's ask some questions. Thanks for uh, reminding me. I still have ADHD. So I have asked the question before we, because we're already talking about imposter syndrome, so we don't have to follow the usual format, um, which is great. I love it when that happens. It's so improvisational. Um, so I That's asked, world too. <laughs> yeah, I asked, um, so for anyone that doesn't know, there is a biscuit group on Facebook that we created. Um, well, I created it and then uh, Estelle, uh, Tom and uh, Vincent Gargiulo are admins as well as some prolific people in the biscuit bunch. Uh, so uh, it's on Facebook. I will, of course, share that link um, and it's great. Um, so I'm just going to pull up. Uh, I can think I can share my screen. Let's share my screen. Great. Um, yeah. Usually. Yeah. There you go. Oop. Okay. Can you see it? Ah, yes. Okay. I- so today I'm interviewing Estelle Piper for Please Don't Kick Me Out. Do you have a burning question for toasters? Pop it in here. We've got 10 likes. Okay. Great. So let's see. View more comments just to make sure. Um, <laughs> Heather Henderson says, please tell us what you thought when you discovered that the biscuit was alive and well on TikTok. Well, uh, I was astounded and, you know, I'm a Leo. So, you know, I, as my dance teacher used to tell me, he goes, it's not all about what you want to sell. And I go, <laughs> I don't do, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> so, so it was a part of me going, oh, it's on my birthday. It must mean something from the universe. It's really great. So I, I made sure, I think somebody sent, um, Tom a couple of messages too and he's like TikTok what the you know and but I was like guys guys we're on TikTok it's a big deal it's thousands of likes you know and uh, and I didn't know where this thing was gonna go and I was sort of like oh my god and and sometimes Vincent and I get it because he has his I mean he has his own band he has you know other projects he's moving forward with and he goes it's back to haunt me again. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> deadpan. It's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. I love it. And um, so I was pretty excited by it, but sort of like, wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. But um, and then you know, they TikTok took dog faces thing down. Vincent put, you know, his actual one up, but that got some, and then they, yeah. they dog face put that back up again. So we just kind of went, just roll with it. And I think, you know, when when celebrities were posting and reposting it, you know, Pee Wee Herman and Elijah Wood. And no way, really? Snoop Dogg. I miss, I miss the famous biscuits. Amy Sedaris, and it just goes on. Oh my like, gosh. You know, I mean, Tom made a, um, he made a, a TikTok video, I think, because he's always been a, he, he has a picture of Pee Wee Herman in his living room. And so he was just like, eh, you know, and it was, it was so sweet. Um, but yeah. I, I, and I think the first time I got on one of the, you know, one of the TikTok posts and said, Hey, you know, whatever. And was like, I was stemming because we go, yes, queen. And I'm like, what? I think it was me. I was like, Whoa, it's you. Oh, honey, <laughs> it was like hundreds, hundreds. And I went, Oh my God. And when that gal, and I want to say, is it joy, joy or Yo, yo, mm. the, she's on Broadway and she's in mm. uh, um, Les Miserables mm-hmm. she was in the Michael Jackson musical uh, uh, and 
And then there's another fellow. Oh God, I can't remember his name right now. But he's like the Len Carrier of this generation. He's like, mm -hmm. he's done all the musicals. He's got a great voice. And she's gorgeous and has a great voice. And they're lip syncing the angry Taste the Biscuit. And I'm listening. I'm having a surreal existential moment going. I'm listening to my acting and singing choices from 13 years ago. Uh -huh. Lip synced by this girl who's a freaking star on Broadway and going. <laughs> What an out-of-body experience. Like, I mean, I could never, and that's gotta be so cool because it's like it just it is living bizarre. outside. And I'm trying, you know, we're up, we're very excited, but we're trying to be, you know, grounded too. And so I <coughs> Tom wrote her, <coughs> I believe on TikTok, and I wrote her back too. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. She goes, No, thank you, Queen. What you've created. <laughs> I'm all uh, passing away. Be right back. <laughs> it was surreal that's so, so cool oh i yeah. love that or justin i mean like when snoop dogg posted it all these celebrities responded <laughs> so justin timberlake's like that's hard man and then you know all these all these black artists are like she looks like fun she's got confidence we should and you're like i sure party. am <laughs> i want to go yeah do invite me to a party because you're be like please please my my address is p.o box please please don't kick me out. yeah no that's lovely it was it was lovely and i think you know realizing i i had read and i think i was on the news very recently but i i think it was approximately two out of three young women are um are have severe depression right now and, mm -hmm. and the pandemic did nothing of course to help that uh, but increase it for mo many people and yeah uh, and i saw that you know mm -hmm. and, I saw that in, in the posts and stuff and people would write to us, you know, whatever their orientation was and say, you know, this song lifted me out of depression for the first yeah. time. I don't know. And you're like, it did. Yeah. I remember telling my, it, my it, previous it really, therapist. It yeah. Really, really. I mean, yeah. I was, you know, when I see things like, you know, these people making friends and they had some place to belong. Yeah. Accepted them. And I could feel it. And I was like, because I was like, life, what the, you know, but then I went, you know what? I'm, I'm I think gonna... that's the coolest part is that you guys embraced it, right? Like you didn't just shy away. Like even Vincent, when he, you know, he's like humble bragging. He's not, he, he, he's, he's overwhelmed, of course, yeah. but he's also like, whatever, toasters, moose, you run the show. I'm going to go do me like. And it's so, you know, he's, he's a funny dude. But he's um, also in when, it, when we need him. Yeah. I mean, the Christmas biscuits is a great example. Now where we're trying to decide some stuff, we may have a couple of offers on the table and, you know, he, he's, he's there and he's, you know, he's pretty smart. He's very creative. So, um, and he had definitely has his own vision of things. So it, yeah. it's good for us to kind of mingle. Yeah. Stuff, let's grab the next question if you're cool with that estelle oh, the next question is from dorsey norris and she said are you a californian or did you go there to follow your dreams what inspired you to be a singer actor and artist whoa okay so i think i'm pretty sure i was conceived in california my parents, down by carmel monterey my mom was from salinas my dad was studying russian this is during the, the korean war in the 50s, he was studying to be a Russian translator during the Cold War, so to speak, as well. Um, and so they got together, but then he got transferred to Amarillo, Texas, to the mm -hmm. Air Force Base, where I was born. 
so we were there two years. My dad was from Missouri. We moved there for about eight years. I went up through, you know, most of elementary school. And then at 10, he got transferred out to the Bay Area, mm -hmm. uh, San Mateo, I think, actually. And um, so I thought California was going to be like, I don't know. I think I thought it was going to be this green paradise, but it was, we had to travel through all these deserts and stuff. <laughs> and actually, I remember going through the Mojave Desert. I'm 10. We, we see this. I mean, really, it was just like a wasteland back in 1963. And so there's this A&W root beer stand all by itself way out there. So we stopped there. My dad goes, honey, go out to the car and get the maps out of the glove compartment. So I go out there and uh, I think I fainted. I think I was probably dehydrated. Oh, no. I did. So I wake up on the ground and I've got, you know, little rocks and sand all over me and I'm all so I get those out and my dad goes what took you so long I go I don't know I fell and then I woke up and he goes what so he's like eat drink you know whatever but I felt like you know we're coming through all of that in Bakersfield which is was not really a lovely place at the time and it's like I'm thinking it's gonna be palm trees and paradise no try <laughs> and then summer you know, everything is golden brown. And, and, and in Missouri, which had, you know, wet, humid summers, you know, we'd have dandelions and stuff and certain things had brambles, but a lot of the weeds here have stickers and stuff. And you're 10, maybe 12. I got a bike at 12 and I'm, they go practice in the backyard and they never watered it. So I'm, I'm riding around in this crazy weed ridden backyard and when I fall I got stickers all over me mm -hmm. and I, was like, I hate this place but I've grown to love it so much I went this I went to college at San Jose State and then I had a boyfriend who got transferred he transferred over to Michigan State and I went there and um so once again I was back in you know the winters and the thunderstorms and mosquitoes and all that stuff and I missed California is so bad because we really, I mean, we got a lot of weird shit here, but it's really such a melting pot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the multicultural stuff, the beach. I mean, I just, I, I would drive home in the summer times cross country, sort of God, get out of my car on highway 80 above Sacramento. And I want to just kiss the ground at sunset and go. Oh. Yeah. So um, you, yeah. So, so I, that's kind of what happened, but I did go, you know, to high school here and there. Um, I thought about going to New York. I thought about going to Canada. I mean, Stratford, Ontario is up there and whatnot. Um, but I had a lot of personal stuff. My, my younger life was fairly drama ridden and had lots going on. And my family did too. So I came back here to kind of see what was going on. I had a brother that was in trouble and then a brother who was kind of under the thumb of a very abusive um, mm -hmm. mother. And so I, I begged my dad to let him go to a group home, which was a very new thing at that time. And he was doing that. And my parents were breaking up and my dad had fallen in love with someone else. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go back home and see what the hell's going on. But as far as being an artist and an actor, you know, my mom read to us a lot um, and she'd been an actress. My dad was pretty good that he sang, you know, had a beautiful voice. And I just, like I said, started writing plays, putting them on. I'd take books and, and take a scene or two and do that. Um, so it was always kind of in me. And I did draw a lot. I loved mm -hmm. that. Um, and I guess I would direct these little plays with my brothers and my our dog. 
um, and at school, you know, with other students and stuff. But I end up going to school for it. Um, yeah. With varying degrees of confidence and no confidence. <laughs> um, but I, I got in fairly quickly with different theater groups. Um, there's, a, there's a theater group in San Jose called City Lights Theater Company. It's been around since 1983. And I was a co-founder of that. Had my own two or three theater groups, which were a lot of fun. I got to do stuff I was. Yeah. But I then painting, you know, has kind of come up for me. Teaching, um, directing, um, a few other things. I love to dance and I love video games. Um, I was a big follower. Of, I'm obsessed. I get obsessed with things. And so The Sims. Oh my gosh, I love The Sims. Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> All of that stuff. So, you know, younger people will meet me and go, you know about that? And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> You're only oh, yeah. as old as you feel, you know, you gotta like, yeah. you gotta, yeah. I think, I, I think that those, I'm never going to have children. That's just a decision. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a cool, why not? And I always will be. I love my nephews. I love them. Yeah. But, and I get to work I with that. <laughs> I get to work with, I teach kids yeah. after school. Yeah. So I get to see kids all the time. I kind of, I'm, I'm okay now, now that the mm -hmm. hormones have changed, you know, mm -hmm. post-menopause. I don't feel that grief about not being a mother, mm -hmm. but I do look at little kids and go, oh, but I wouldn't mind being a grandma and, you know, just playing with them for a yeah. while. Give them back. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Cause that's, it's something I, I, my husband and I permanently made that, that, that thing. Well, I'll touch on that. And then I'll go back to just kind of talking about your background, um, which was, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, and thank you, Dorsey, for your question. That was really great. Um, yes. We appreciate that. So, uh, you know, just to talk about that, I think that's something that a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable talking about it now than I was where I think that it, it, that it's, it's weird as being as a woman, even though I am quote unquote non-binary or whatever, or yes, I do have the woman parts and stuff. And, and maybe I don't identify with that. My gender is whatever I want to make it. And it's my self-expression is who I am. So I, I think like when I tell people it's only with women and, 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 tra and trans people, quite frankly, or like where they feel comfortable being like, oh, so like I, when I tell people I'm not, it's child-free, it's permanent. I don't need it. I feel like I don't need to tell them like, it, I, I say that, I feel like I need to say that. Right. Um, or I say, I don't have children. Then they press you, they press you, they press you, they press you. It's that I don't care for. And I don't like that. I think, I why know. do we, why do we, and the only other thing I can think of is because like, that's we're conditioned to right. some, for some people, that's very important. That may actually be right. for their development. I yeah. went to my guy, yeah. my advisor, if you will. And um, I, I lost, a few pregnancies yeah i'm so sorry and yeah and um you know i kind of went to him and i said is this because he was a psychic as well and, and a healer and all kinds of so i, I very san francisco i have an interesting well, <laughs> but you know it, it's a very interesting background yeah. and i don't talk about it much because i still yeah. think i'm gonna get burned at the stake so. <laughs> yeah but, but um i said do i need to be a parent for my development this time around he was like no mm -hmm. he said i know i say that that's a it's it's an experience not to be missed but it's not for everybody he says and you have several ways you can fulfill yourself so that's exactly how i feel yeah and you know i i went through i was unaware i can see it now so easily but i was mm -hmm. unaware of my own orientation for a long time mm -hmm. and i think growing up in the 50s and 60s with good reason because i probably would have gotten the shit beaten out of me. <laughs> seriously 
you know, um, it was bad enough being a girl. Mm -hmm. I I can tell you some things that happened to me just in school. Yeah. I remember my mom telling me stuff too. Well, yeah. And, and and I remember being five and some guy pulling up next to me in a big car and a nice suit and a big bag of candy and going, come on, come on. Ah, wild times. That's scary too. Thinking back on it. Well, and, and I don't even remember having that conversation. My parents, maybe we did. Yeah. Something told me, and it's a good thing he didn't have anything like with caramel because I might have, oh, but Still. I, I didn't like the yeah. candy he had, yeah. but something told me, don't get in that car. Don't get in that car with that guy. So I didn't, and he was mad at me. And after two blocks, he zoomed off, but I, I didn't realize that I was bi. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people know that, you know, like mm-hmm. early on, you know, yeah, I was definitely gay. I had, you know, whatever, but I look back and I had crushes on girls. I had bigger crushes on guys, but I had crushes on girls too. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why gay women kept asking me out. And I go, did I flirt with you? And they're like, no, I just want to ask you out. And I'd be like, I came with the big look. They go, we know. So what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and I had a bunch of different experiences, you know, and yeah. Uh, people I fell in love with. But um, I think one of the great things, and this may tie back kind of into what we were talking Mm -hmm. about, is that part of actually pandemic for me was uh, allowing myself my introvert side, which I don't Mm use. And it took me a long time to realize as much time as I spend with people and I can be the freaking life of the party and make make the energy go. But I need almost the same amount of time on my own as I, as I spend with people. And so having that time kind of compulsorily, um, I had been so busy and I've always been like most of my life, so busy, so busy. Everything's back to back to back or it's, you know, you know, inter- overlapping. And then I throw down one pile of shit and I run off and go to, you know, yeah. so having that made me go one, I need the time to myself and to begin to accept myself. I'd been starting to accept myself more and more. And my work with my therapist had always been going in that direction. And he was the one, you know, that would gently tell me about it and go, well, this is kind of what's going on with you. And I go, really? And, and so coming to terms with saying, all right, I'm by. Yeah. Life put me in here for some reason, just the way I am. I have something that life wants, and all of us do. Everything yeah. there's something life wants to express through us that can't be expressed the same way through anyone else. Yeah, I love that. Well, congratulations on realizing that about yourself. Of course, oh, it's yeah. a safe space, I mean, and it's amazing. I mean, I see that you know, looking know that. back. Oh, I had a crush on her, and oh, it's oh, funny because oh, I'm I'm Pan. As well as him and him. Yeah, yeah. I'm Pan. Um, I've never I'm in this female body. Yeah, and for me. Uh, everybody has a different path. Yeah. For me, it was important to go, I can be whatever I want. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do it in a female body. Right. It's okay to right. be masculine. It's okay to be assertive. Yep. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be using more feminine. Yeah. I can be paternal. I can be maternal. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, with my kids, you know, feminine energy will usually work better with the girls, but not always. I have a lot of very feminine boys in class too. And so there is what each kid's going to respond to. It's like a grown-up actor. You're going to go, what's their language? What? Is, how will they hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. For me, um, uh, 
labeling it for me, having a podcast about imposter syndrome, labeling it felt more freeing because originally I was like, oh, you're just the straight ally. You're just a straight ally. And it's like, mm, no, because as soon as I realized these things and I started the therapy on the work and all of that and the self-actualization and the pandemic and it's all swirling, 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 figuring things out. But it's about time for introspection. Right. Yeah. And um, also, you know, my husband was deployed and I got on the mask lesbian TikTok and I'll tell you, didn't think that that was a thing, but I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, but also through self-actualization, self-realization, um, and knowing more and more and meeting more and more queer people and knowing, cause I, and I owning a home in San Diego and being in San Diego and San Diego is my home, even though that's not where I'm truly from. It right. is my home. Uh, I remember my parents are from yeah. Bay area. Yeah. Um, my parents are from Bay area and my dad went to UC Davis and got a job and worked at IBM for a number of years. And that's what got us in Minnesota. We were born there. And then we moved for his job to Colorado when I was 10. So mostly I identify from Colorado. This is Denver Skyline, mostly Colorado, but at the same time, like it never fit. Minnesota didn't fit California, at least Northern California for me didn't really fit. Um, but then I met my husband and he's from Southern California and he was stationed out at Buckley Air Force Base, now Space Force Base. And we met and he was like, I'm from LA and LA County kind of area, like Anaheim near Anaheim. And uh, we went back and I saw LA and Southern California through his eyes because my sister lived there, but she never really like left the house or wanted to go do anything fun when I'd visit. So I never really got to see LA. So I kind of was like, meh about LA. And I still right. kind of like, meh about LA. But it wasn't until we went to San Diego. Enjoy, but also a lot of things to be meant about. But San Diego. There's, San Diego's a very, very chill. It's like Denver with waves. Yeah. And there's theater and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I, when we moved, we took orders there and we moved there. I mean, I just really slotted in. I had queer friends that were already there that were from Denver that I was just like, boop, plus one, you know, and I would just like go yeah. to the Hillcrest. And that was my stomping grounds. And well, it was growing just amazing. Up, yeah. Growing up, you know, doing theater and dance. I mean, there were generally a lot of gay men. There were some mm -hmm. gay, but not that many, but there were, it was hard to find a straight guy in theater. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> maybe not, but that, that thing, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I went through a couple of experiences where I was either very close friends or boyfriend, girlfriend with people who came out of the closet during high school which was eye-opening so by the time I got to college and I saw these gals trying to make these guys switch it was like honey no they're not going to ever uh, you know I mean you go back to the old Seinfeld gags and stuff mm -hmm. like that but um yeah it I don't know I something that comes up in conversations mm -hmm. a lot more for me these days with folks is that we have our, our birth family or our birth mm -hmm. circumstances and then our chosen family. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the birth family is not so great. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people. For a lot and of people. I, you're right. Looks, you know, one of the things my dance teacher said was it's, you know, because I was like, uh, we're always in these podunk towns when I was growing up. <laughs> I was like, I want to be in a city. Now I love this quiet, pleasant, yeah. and I love it. But he, you know, he said, it's not so much about where you came from. It's about mm -hmm. where you're going to. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
That is something I was going to say is that the only other thing that I feel people besides babies, your, your genitals. And one other thing uh, was that if you say you're not close with your family, people oh, yeah. who have quote unquote, a normal family don't understand what that means. And no, maybe it's, it's an unpopular opinion, okay. but okay. for me, it's like, I don't understand why, if I'm telling you, I don't want children, why we need to press me. If I tell you I'm queer, why do I have to explain it? And then if I tell you that I, I'm not close with my family, I, I, before recording this, told you my my parents, my my parents, my actual parents, my birth parents are coming to visit me, which I'm excited about because I've done a lot of healing work in therapy. Um, they're not bad people. They love me in the way that they love me. Yeah. It's not the relationship I needed, and that's okay. They are who they are. They are who they are. They are, who they are. And I've made peace. Teacher used to say too, and it took me a while to go, huh? but he said it it takes us a long time to realize that parents, but generally. Mm-hmm. All are simply children mm-hmm. who got here earlier. That's all yep. they are. Yeah. And so, uh, but but to your point, my chosen family are my Jason and Daniel in San Diego, my Trey and Sean, my other people, my my tattoo artist and her kid Lena and her husband Tim. Like my family. Those are my people that I, you know, my I, I basically kind of say is like if once you're I'm I'm a Gemini, but I'm very loyal. Uh, and I am incredibly, incredibly like once you're my friend, and I have ADHD as well and neurodivergence. So like I get a lot of touch. Gemini's yeah, Gemini's well, my dad's a Leo, so that's how I know. My mom's yeah. a mom's a Gemini, sister's a Gemini, I'm a Gemini, my husband's a Gemini. And wow. both of my father-in-law and my father are Leos. <laughs> um so for me like I'm very 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 loyal and and I and I, even even if even if like we lose touch right like for my okay. friends they know this if I lose touch with you and we come back in I'm the kind of person that it's like no time passes oh yeah exactly and those are the best friends and that's family you yeah. know like that yeah. is knowing that you have no judgment no no basis so my husband and I we always host a friendsgiving versus a thanksgiving because we feel that Thanksgiving, uh, minus the, the the tones of Native people, let's not do that. But Friendsgiving yeah. is more than a holiday to us. It is where we show gratitude for the people around us and the thanks. We always open our home up for any of the holidays because military family we are. So we're always known that there's some sailor, some some uh, some soldier, some Marine who might, or Coast Guard or whoever, who might, or even just a civilian who might need a home. And we always open ours. And that's just who we are as people. But like, the, the thing is, is that family is who you choose 100%. I agree with that. And also, um, you know, the more open you can be to people and their experiences, the better, because I think a pandemic has also made a lot of people bitter uh, and it hasn't made some people better. And, and that's not my tribe then. Like, yeah, it just I guess, is who yeah. you pick. I get that. And, and it is who you pick and it's, you know, who you really... I don't know. Yeah, you, you can say wavelength or you know vibes or you know, you're on the same mm-hmm. ray, yeah, or whatever. But you kind of know. Yeah, sometimes it develops, and you go, "Huh, I didn't think much of them to begin with." Yeah, love them, but um, but a lot of times you know very early on, and and it's kind of like I I'm grateful for that. I kind of go, "Good," you know. People, you know, I guess I'll see things like this on Facebook where they go, "Everybody has a mother." do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I don't really celebrate Mother's Day. Neither do I. There are people who, who, who fulfilled that function more for me, mm-hmm. who were much better to me than mine was, uh, mm-hmm. to me or my brothers. And 
you know, I was talking to my youngest brother, who's the, you know, he, we're the only ones left out of that, that nuclear family. And I just was like, yeah, I mean, Father's Day, I'll remember, you know, I'll honor him. He at least tried. Um, but there was, um, <laughs> this is awful. Do you know who Tracy Ullman is? Mm -hmm. Okay. So very early Tracy Ullman days. Um, I think it was Julie Kavner and Dan Capaletti. I play a, 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 a the therapist and his client who's, you know, mm -hmm. Julie Kavner is the client and she looks great. And usually she plays kind of a, you know, more plain character, but her hair is coiffed. She's in this marvelous coat. It's amazing, you know, and she's, you know, and Dan Capaletti is balding and he's the therapist, right? And he's like, oh. And so he goes, wow, 10 years therapy has really done a great deal for you. He goes, yeah. when you came here, you, you didn't have a relationship and didn't have a job and, and uh, your mother was driving you crazy. And now you have this great career, you have a wonderful marriage and your mother's dead. <laughs> I laughed. Everybody in the room looked oh, at <laughs> And I went, there's no way they can get it. I, yeah. Yeah. You sounded like Natasha Leone right there, though. <laughs> like spot on impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I I love that. And I think, you know, that it's without even meaning to, we've touched on fanaticals and popular opinions. We've touched on everything oh, yeah. within this interview. So yeah. I guess like the one true question off my, my that's because I, I think, you know, we're at a point where we can continue to talk forever, but now we're best friends. So it's fine. Um, and I can't wait to meet you oh, in person one day, my beautiful dear Estelle. <laughs> but um. The one question I will ask you from this podcast uh, intake sheet that you were so grateful and so gracious to fill out is what's currently making you happy in the world? Mm. Well, honestly, Taste the Biscuit is one of them. Um, and that just keeps, it's like a popcorn popper, just new things pop. So fun. And I go, we're, we're going to go there. Oh, okay. Or, you know, whatever. Oh my, oh my God, look at this video, you know. Um, but I, uh, I'm not painting currently, but I've been painting for several years now. Usually acrylics. You can see some of this. They're there. cool. I like them. Yeah, thank you. My style is already changing, you know, as we go. But that's to be expected, I guess. Um, my dance teacher is gone, but I dance on my own. I'll just put music on. And honest to God, if I can start a day out like that, I don't know. I just... You, know. you guys start going live and dancing. You got to get like, the biscuits to yeah. dance with you. Yeah, yeah. And um i teach these kids after school and uh watching a moment you know it happens with adults too but it's pretty pure with kids most of the time when they something clicks and they they start blossoming right in front of your eyes and something they've never been able to express comes out that's so cool you got to be part of that um Let's see what else. It's hard to say. I there are several things that I I really love. I got a couple of games. There's a stories game called Choices that I love because you, you can choose. They're like books, and some of the current ones aren't as good as some of the older ones, but it's by a company called Pixelberry and uh, Choices. It's called Choices Stories You Play. I'm not trying to do an ad for it, but one of the things I love is it says the game with a heart, and I went. Well, that's a big claim. And then I loved some of those stories. And every once in a while, you get a choice, two or three, four choices. 
And I used to play these. It, I love these. <laughs> it, it could change a relationship. It could change some of the plot. It could change this, that, or you could participate because you're going to pay diamonds for it. You could wear a certain outfit that's going to influence people, or you're going to do an event that will kind of give you more information. But some of them were just, and you know, once again, I fell in love with, you know, fictional characters. <laughs> I love him or her or whatever, you know? It's so, funny. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, I, I'm, I think where I was going to, what I was going to say earlier is that strangely enough to me, I am the happiest I've probably been. I love that. Yeah, these, I'm, I'll be 70 this year. No, what? Way, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just, I'm the happiest I've been. Um, I feel my heart yeah. more. There were some things that happened during pandemic that helped that. I think I've had what I call an inner tyrant. It could have come from my parents or whatever, but it's just been like, you know, from decades. And yeah. at, some, at some point I had a couple of weird conversations and I had some very strange things happen during pandemic you can talk yeah. about off camera or some other yeah camera. absolutely but um but there were parts of my identity mm -hmm. that began to finally converse communicate a little and one was that you know this 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 inner tyrant was constantly criticizing me constantly mm -hmm. me. and at some point some part of me went stop yeah you're not in charge that you can take the fucking day off. Yeah. We heard you. And this was something I learned through some of the, you know, the, the recovery rooms is, you know, they talk about the committee of voices in your head, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how you can go, and this is a tool, you can go, okay, great. From one of these yeah. voices. Thanks. Got it. However, you're not going to be making the decision today. Someone else will. <laughs> And, and um, I think the other thing was that my head has always felt like it's in charge. So my heart will start to feel something. I'll go, oh, no, 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 that's not possible. We can't possibly do that. And in fact, here's how it won't work. And I realized why I picked people who externalize that for me. And at some point my heart went, stop. You are not in charge either. Yeah. That your job brain is to get me what I need. Yeah. You to do that job. And my brain, of course, is like, what? But it was an interesting moment. I mean, it yeah. actually happened. And, you know, I I had another moment that was like, ah! uh, um, I was, it was like three in the morning. And, you know, how you're surfing at three in the morning sometimes. <laughs> sometimes doom scrolling, you know. <laughs> right. I'm YouTubing at that point, And I run across what was a very moving video. I'm a young woman who was autistic and she was talking about something I hadn't realized before, which is that, you know, boys, people who present as boys are allowed to act out certain things more than people who present as girls. And that as a result, autism is not diagnosed as mm -hmm. know now until later or much later. So she went through all of this and she talked about it and she was so eloquent and I went, just, I was almost in tears. And, and then, and then it flashed it. And this always gets me. And it happened 
with with AA and it happened the first time I got pregnant, somebody flashes you a list of 10 items. Do you, you know? Oh no, (laughs) here you are self-diagnosing. Yeah, and so here's the autistic list. And I'm like, I had that, I had that, I had that. Oh my God, I think I have that too. So I went and out of 10, I probably had seven. And I began to breathe faster. And I thought, I've got to get somebody to, I, how can I do this? And, and some part of me went, no, we've made it this far. Yeah. Just like this. If it's clear that I need to get help, I'll know. Yeah, but absolutely. I have gone this far. This long, yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, maybe there's some things to learn. Maybe there's some things that will be helpful. But I was like, stop. Whatever these, my, my dance teacher actually told me, <laughs> he said, for you, it's very important that you tell your negative voices. Are you ready for this? If I can do this. Yeah. And he said, do it. He was always a hands-on. He goes, do it now. And I, so then I do do it again. Okay. And just as I'm getting it, but he goes, that's good. That's good. And I thought, oh, but I realized now I was getting it. So, you know, he was like, do it again, do it again. But I, he he says, how does that feel? And I went, oh my God, that feels pretty good. Tell them. Yeah. And he says, for you, that's very important. So for everybody, you know, it's going to be different, but even during pandemic, I had to go. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. Take a hike for the day. Yeah. My heart got to come out. And yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Living your best life. Living your best biscuit life. That's, I love that's it. After being scammed by a romance scammer. And, what? And oh get- my God. Wild. I'm going to have to have you on again or one day or yes, you tell yeah. me offline because that's a because wild story. I, I have, I could write a book about scamming. Please write a book. Oh There's my- a podcast that's great called The Scam Artist, uh, which I will, I'll send to you. It's a, it's really, really good. Um, but also like, I'm so sorry that so that happened to you, but now you're on TikTok and now you can scam people. Hey, <laughs> well, actually, what I we, we come back to that. I actually have an idea. You know, it, it's perhaps natural to conclusion to jump to, but you know, uh, I do scam scammers. I feed them just enough, and when they, you know, they whatever make it whatever their proposition is or what they really want, then I either turn them into the media, uh, report them to the media they approach me on. Or if it's really bad, I turn them into the FTC. Heck and yeah. I, I was kind of a one-woman vigilante for a while in 2020. And then I went, okay, girl, get a life. But we'll <laughs> talk about that some other time. Because, But at any rate, yeah. So pandemic was horrible. And yet it may have saved me in certain ways. Mm-hmm. It was like a forced sabbatical. Yeah. And I found I... I don't know. There it is. There it is. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, now I have to clip this? What?
And we're back. And we're back. Oh no. Stupid Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying about, we were talking about what a mixed kind of blessing pandemic. Yeah, was. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that also came out of that was we got to experience a very different context. Um, mm-hmm. We're thrown on our own resources, but the pace, it, it drove some people crazy. For me, I went, oh, this is great. And I, I, I was just starting to say, I, I loved her. They say that, the scientists say that birds actually changed their calls during the pandemic with the absence of humanity. Roaming. Yeah. And um, so I, I would hear all these animals because I live close to a river. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, and not hearing traffic all the time. You know, it was just like, I mean, it was this great silence, but part of it was kind of wonderful. But for many, it, it was tough. And of course, you know, the virus itself. I mean, mm-hmm. I got, I lost teeth. Oof. I lost a lot of teeth. I was in Zoom performances with hardly any playing oh, like thing. And, and I didn't know. I mean, it was, it was a revelation to find out how freaked out that would make me. Mm-hmm. And, and just go, Estelle, you got to take your own acting advice and believe in that character and create that world and um, not worry about this toothless old woman trying to play an executive or whatever the hell it was. Uh, it, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened. It was like, yeah. whoa. But um, I don't know. I, I came away with some great stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I just have to say like, you know, everyone went through the pandemic differently. My husband was deployed. So what he went through, I went through so differently. We're still figuring out what oh, yeah. that looks like. I think we all as a society are figuring out what that looks like. Cause it was just, it was awful for everyone. It was great in ways. It was awful in ways. And so, so interesting how it ripple affected, right? It's like, it's going to be something exactly. we talked about for we years. All went through it. We yeah. Went through it. Finally, something we all, the world all went through. Yes. Which is, it's, it's been so long since that's been a collective uh, thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that comes out of like disasters, you know, an earthquake or mm-hmm. whatever, is that for a little bit, everybody goes, we're all in this together. Yeah. And, and that feeling is something that fades so quickly in the humdrum work a day world. And, and yet that's right underneath yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's just, if you had told me like three years ago that one day you'll be sitting with this beautiful actress that you met through TikTok, you'd be wearing you as a baby as earrings, uh-huh. which is a stupid ass TikTok trend. <laughs> and you'd be wearing a Toasters and Mo- a Moose official man merch shirt from Threadless. That I would have a Toasters and Moose interview? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I would say you're batshit crazy, man. No way. And you know but what? it's yeah. okay. <laughs> That's one of the things about life. And I have to say, even my younger life, was I, I would begin to tell myself, never say never. Because mm-hmm. if I said, I'll never do mm-hmm. That's what I'd be doing within six months. Now, yeah. supposedly I have a more karma than usual lifetime. But uh I, you know, I, I kind of go this and so many other things. I just kind of go, you just never know. I mean, you go, I'll never do that. or That'll never work out. I said, I'd never do TikTok. And I have TikTok. 
Yeah. Well, I, I got on TikTok before, but that was actually, I was in, I was trying to learn more about Native American things mm-hmm. and, and creators and what was going on because I could see that I was well-intentioned, but I, as I, as I listened to and, and read things by Native creators, you know, on social media, I realized I had been conditioned, indoctrinated, and I was very naive. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, well, let me learn some more. And some of them were on TikTok as well as some other media. So that's kind of where I was with that. And there was some music and a few other cool things that I liked. Um, some choices stuff, you know. Yeah. I just saw some of the some of the biscuit fam yeah. uh, posted some stuff using um my singing monsters music. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was a kid opening the door to fairyland for a minute. <laughs> I was like, where have I heard that? What is that? I know that. You know, and and I was like, oh my God, it's my singing monsters. Then I had to go Google it and go, yep, that's the ice world, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, I don't know that it, I I ran across a quote, I think it was this morning that said, and it was somebody who was really, I'll see if I can find it. I mean, a really um, legitimate kind of, you know, philosopher or something. And they're like, if you don't have the child in you as you age, Mm-hmm. life's going to be pretty grim yeah i think if you don't have a sense of humor life gets real grim if you can't laugh at yourself life right. gets real, real fast and so to be able to laugh and not be hiding behind it but to start to see what i think people do through the centuries have called the divine comedy i mean you go this human race right. just they don't learn <laughs> oh my yeah God. and then there's other things you go Oh my God, look what that man did for that animal. Look what right. that woman did for that poor young man that was, you know, in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, well, yeah, I'm not going to give up on him yet, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's inherent good in the world. And I, I, I choose to believe that people are mostly good as much as I tell people I hate people. I don't hate people. I am very open to people, but I'm as an empath, very careful, very selective. Um, but I will say everyone in the biscuit bunch is uh, part of my Ohana in terms of my family uh, out here, Estelle, uh, you know, as we wind down, I just want to give you my deepest, deepest gratitude and thankfulness that you chose to be on little my podcast about imposter syndrome. I really believe what you talked about uh, will help those who are maybe struggling with depression, you know, maybe struggling with mental health, maybe struggling with gender, sexuality, all that stuff. I think this is a great, great resource for someone who's interested in acting or what, could I make this a career? What, what can I do? I think it was just a beautiful conversation. So yeah, we need to find whatever our mode or modes of expression are. There is something life wants to do through us, whatever that is. Yeah. 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 So as we wind down, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, for p- being on please don't kick me out.com. Sorry, please don't kick me out. Please don't kick me out.com. Once again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Bianca Walwick. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, rate, share, follow Estelle. All of the information will be in the uh, description, both on YouTube or if you're listening in your audio earbuds in the description of the podcast. Uh, again, you can go to please don't kick me out.com slash shop, buy some merch, subscribe to my podcast. That's how I make money. Yes, please. and you can buy one of those toasters and those <laughs> You sure can. Bianca is wearing. Yeah, you can't if you can't hear, if you're only hearing it, it's a purple shirt. It says Toaster, Toaster, Toasters and Moose fan club with a circle. It's really cool. You can go to Threadless, uh, you can go to Taste. I you know what? I'll put it in the chat. All right. <laughs> 
And yeah. So thank you so much, Estelle. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Taste the biscuit. Goodness of biscuit. Mahalo Nui. Hey, everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, can you rate us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on? For content creators like myself, that keeps us going. Also, did you know that I have merchandise? Thank you so much to Lara, who was my second guest ever on Please Don't Kick Me Out. She is a great person who did all of my branding. Live out your 90s fantasy. Go to pleasedontkickmeout.com slash shop. Thank you. If you're new here, then you probably don't know this, or maybe you do. I love Disney and I love shopping small, shopping local, and I am an inclusive podcast, therefore I love inclusive brands. So that is why Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company, owned by my friend Mario, is such a great brand that I have to promote it. Unofficially, official sponsor of this podcast. Mario has actually been on my podcast in season one. He is a great human and I love him to death. He is just such a sweet, sweet human who has the funniest, the best, the cutest, cheekiest designs for Disney. Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company is just such an awesome brand owned by such a lovely human. And when you're thinking about buying from Disney brands, shop local, shop small, and shop unique. Diamond in the Rough Clothing space. That's going to be in the description of my podcast. And as always, please let Mario know that you are shopping because I told you to. Thank you. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's almost been two, going on three years now. It's called Forbidden Bingo, forbiddenbingo.com every Thursday. Uh, And if you are interested in uh, a fun time where you can win some sexy, sexy prizes, uh, you should go to forbiddenbingo.com and uh, tell DJ Rockstar Aaron that I sent you. Uh, Every Thursday you will have the chance along with many other players who I'm loyal to and I call my family my Ohana. Uh, It's so much fun. It is um, every Thursday uh, unless there's something else going on in life and it's just a hoot. So it's called forbiddenbingo.com and let DJ Rockstar Aaron and everyone else in the crew know that I sent you. Mahalo. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.